Good to, good to be back. Um, we took a week off, unintended, unintendedly, uh, unintended, but uh, and we're late, so we are uh, we are really killing it on the NBA. Rushing it. Uh, the EA network is really we're in true form. We're just in uh, we're in the best one that we've ever had ever. It's the off season. It's yeah, it's you know we're not supposed to be perfect. We're working shit yeah. out just like the players are, um, and that's okay. Um, welcome back, y'all. This is episode fifty six of NBA. Tad, Yay. what episode is this? This is the Francisco Elson episode. That's right. Don't you forget it. Don't act like you didn't know that Francisco Elson was number 40, 56. One of only three players in NBA history to wear that number. Fun fact. Um, Would have never known it. Um, yeah, it doesn't change my life one way or another that I do. Episode 57 is going to be really great because there's only one player in NBA history that's ever worn that number. 57. All right, well, wait and see, y'all. Make sure you tune in next week for episode 57. Um, we're going to try to run through this, though, because we've got like two weeks worth of topics, which blessing in disguise, because last week we didn't know how much we were actually going to have to talk about. So um, let's start off with the biggest news that hit the NBA this week. Kawhi Leonard is traded to the Toronto Raptors with uh, Danny Green for DeMar DeRozan, a first-round very much protected pick, uh, and Jakob Teenage Mutant Ninja Purtle. Um I stole that, that was that was good. I stole that from somebody. Okay, fair enough. That, uh, <laughs> credit to whoever you stole that from because that was phenomenal. That was from Skeets from uh, from the uh, the starters. Uh, shout out to Skeetsy. Um, guys, can we please talk about this trade? What the fuck is the is the real question? What? How? 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 Yeah, I don't <laughs> fucking know. I, it just so here's the thing. Um, you look at the teams at Kawhi and and all the teams that were rumored at going Kawhi, and Toronto never came up in anything until about a week ago, like ultimately a week ago. And then they just kind of crept up as this, this last minute team um, that was going to be in the mix for Kawhi. Um, and now arguably, I mean, I guess the question I have for you guys is DeMar DeRozan the greatest player in Raptors history? No, but also, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think like, I'm, I'm in the same vein. Like is he the, is he the greatest player in Raptors history in terms of like, career yes is he the greatest basketball player no Vince Carter is the greatest basketball yeah. player in Raptors history. yeah but and if Kawhi ends up playing there for a long time he'll be the the, the greatest Raptor to ever play as a Raptor but DeMar DeRozan is like Mr. Toronto he is Mr. Raptor he, he got drafted 10th overall and then just kind of grew in that system and became an all NBA two guard like um to, to trade that guy like a guy who did what he had to do to stay in Toronto and to keep that that uh that franchise strong and relevant to trade that guy is just another testament to like NBA executives just don't give a fuck about players or like legacy or fuck your statues. Like it's just about, it's all about W's. Yeah. Uh, it really struck me. A uh, couple things. It's such a bad look for the, the Raptors right. as a, as a, from a loyalty perspective, because here's the thing, Tracy McGrady, Wanted to be a star, so he signed with Orlando. Mm-hmm. Vince Carter just said fuck it and gave up and bounced and right. rolled to the Nets. Right. Uh, literally quit like halfway through a season. Chris Bosh also had surgery, could have come back, said fuck it, I'm not coming back here next year anyway, I'm gone. So you, the three star players that you had prior to DeMar DeRozan have all said fuck you, I'm out. Right. And don't, they, they've, they haven't stayed. And then you have this guy who you drafted, who has been a phenomenal player, 
who is a probably arguably like probably top 15 NBA player right now. And he is loyal and he wants to stay and he seems to really love being a Toronto Raptor. And you trade him for a guy who is 100% out the door after next season's over. You, you literally trade him for your next Vince Carter. Right. Like, yeah. This guy who's very good but is openly saying, I want to go away. I don't want to be here. Well, and there was talks about him, like, just sitting out the entire season. Like, he was pretty vocal, but, like, from the beginning, like, I don't want to be in Toronto. Like, I don't want to play in Toronto. And was Pop he was vocal? Like, fuck you. Uh, maybe Uncle Dennis was vocal, but people, he did not want to go to Toronto. That's my second part of this. Quote, unquote, Dennis. We, we, we haven't seen Kawhi Leonard. Where is Kawhi Leonard? He did, so he did show up at. He came to a Dodgers he, game. He did go to a Dodgers. Oh, game. I he, forgot about. He was that. also at summer league. But that was like two months ago. And the oh yeah, he was are, at summer league. Well, he was at summer league, and the reports yeah. are that he is going to be going to the Team USA trainings this summer. And guess who the head coach of the Team USA team is? Popovich. A, a one, a one coach pop. Uh, so that'll be funny. Somebody made a reference. I forget what podcast I was listening to, but they were like. Like DeMar DeRozan is going to be there, and Pop's just going to be feeding him grapes, and he's going to make Kawhi run laps like that kid from Coach Carter. <laughs> just keep on making him run and keep on making him run uh, until he earns his respect back. Um, I was concerned that we had like a weekend at Bernie's situation going on. <laughs> Who is For a little while, yeah. Have we even seen Uncle Dennis? Like, are we sure that uh, that Kawhi isn't like that's like his alter ego? Maybe like uh, this is the ultimate uh, KD alternate Twitter. <laughs> it's just his uncle. That's what it is. Kawhi's alter Uncle, ego is, is an old Uncle Dennis. Dude. Uncle Dennis's actual name is Uncle Dennis thirty two four four four. Kawhi did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now, okay. So when we look at the trade, we look at the we look at the package on both ends. Who, in your mind, wins this trade? Toronto or uh, San Antonio? Danny Green's contract expires, and you know what they said? They said, "Look, we're trading you there. You spend one year." We'll sign you right back right. When, when the season's over. Um, and, like, that pick is protected 1 through 20. Right. So. Right. It's a nothing pick. I actually think that, theoretically speaking, hypothetically, if Kawhi ends up staying, that's a, that team is better with him than they are with DeMar DeRozan for the yes. simple fact that DeMar DeRozan is a non-factor on the defensive end and – DeMar DeRozan was not a great three-point shooter, although he did improve his three-point shooting this season. It's not his strong suit. Now you put Kawhi in that role next to Kyle Lowry, who's also a a good three-point shooter, who's also a good defender. You put them with OG Ananobi um, and maybe like a Norman Powell. And now you have a very like formidable defensive lineup with a very deep bench, which is what they were known for last year. The only member of that bench that they lose is – Jacoperto, which arguably like Pascal Siakam is kind of their their small lineup yeah. um, backup center anyway, so they don't really lose much. And if he stays, it's hard for me not to see them winning that trade outright. Yeah, that's the biggest if. Sure. Now, if you look at the Spurs side of things, like they've got a roster, they've got a they've got a, a, a group of coaches that works really well with wing players, especially wing players that kind of need to improve their three point shooting, like. Danny Green, for example, was not known as a three-point shooter. And then, you know, he goes to the Spurs. They give him a chance. They turn him into this, like, very formidable three-point shooter and very, very formidable defensive player. Um, you know, you now get that guy on your roster. And maybe maybe Chip England just kind of, like, does his magic like he does with everybody else, works on that jumper with DeMar over the next – I mean, they got him for two more seasons. So they've got him locked up there. You know, and he's right around the same age as as, Kyle, uh, as Kawhi anyways. You put him with LaMarcus Aldridge. You've got um, – uh, Deontay Murray, who's kind of like running 
they're they're pointing out with Tony Parker out. And you basically bring Jakob Pearl in as like your center of the future now that Paul Gasol is like one foot out anyways. Um, in my opinion, if, if Kawhi sticks around, it's kind of an even trade. And even if he doesn't, like if Kawhi ends up leaving and going elsewhere, like Toronto didn't lose too much. And this puts them in a situation where, okay, if it doesn't work out, we've got a lot of young uh, talent on our team. We can trade Kyle Lowry in the last year of his contract and start to rebuild over again without starting completely from scratch. Yeah, I can see that. They they would need a secondary scorer uh, if if he ends up leaving. Like exactly, um, Kyle Lowry is also on the the downward slope. One hundred percent. He's he's a lot older than people even realize. Like I think he's like 30, he's 33. So he's definitely older than most people realize. It's a lot of money to give to a thirty three year old. Um, but anyways, another trade that happened yesterday, which is another kind of just shocking trade. Uh, Carmelo Anthony gets traded to Atlanta for Dennis Schroeder. Um, and then they also later in the day pull in um, uh, who, oh, Philly. Uh, and then Mike Muscala goes to Philly. Um, and I think Timothy Luwalu Karabu, I forget his full name. He's got a very Timothy long. Waluigi. Yeah, that's the one. Waluigi. That's the guy, yes. Um, <laughs> it's traded as well. Um, ultimately, Atlanta decides and obviously is going to buy out uh, Mello who now goes to, uh, you know, free agency, basically, gets all his 28 mil in one fucking shot. What a, what a payday for that, man. Uh, and, now he, and now he gets to choose between Miami, Houston, and L.A. What do you guys think he ends up? Houston. I think, I so think it's still Houston. I think so, too. I don't love that fit. I mean, they lost Trevor Ariza and Luke Mbamute, and like I said, I said that pretty well. That was like – That was, that was pretty that was good. It's pretty African. Um, but he goes there and – does what exactly? Like, if you look at the team that he was on last year, you had an ISO player in Russ and arguably kind of an ISO player in PG, and he struggled. And now you're putting him on a team and an With offense that pretty much player. only plays ISO. Um, I just don't see how that works. He has no no formidable skill set that adds to that roster. Like, that Houston team now is worse, especially if they can't bring back Clint Capella. Like, substantially worse. Yeah. And you wouldn't have thought that going into it because, like, they only lost – you know, they lost some, like, uh, role players in Ariza and, and Bob Mute. But if they can't bring back Capella and, and they're stuck with Carmelo Anthony to kind of replace those minutes, they're in real trouble. I mean, they may average, like, 160 points a game, but <laughs> they're going to lose a lot. Carmelo is, tra- like, trash. Like, he's a trash player. He hasn't aged and, and I honestly have never thought highly of him. Like, no. uh he 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 does he's one dimensional like right. and he doesn't really like he has never been I liked him in college yeah. I liked him a lot in college sure. but he has never been a guy who I was like oh this guy will win me games this guy will make my team better this is a guy I want on my team in my locker room like he's just not like and I I, I don't understand or I guess I fail to understand why he's been valued so high for so long. I mean, he gets buckets. I mean, that's just reality. He's, he's always been a good scorer. He's a bankable he can, star. He, yes. he sells tickets. He sells tickets, and that guy can get you in – in his prime, he can get you buckets from anywhere, and he's one of the most clutch players in the NBA. Like, fourth quarter scoring, like, Melo is superior to most of his uh, counterparts throughout the league. The other part of this trade that really just shocks me is – so it was clear that Atlanta was looking to move away from Dennis Schroeder. Um, and now he goes to OKC. And based on the reports that I read yesterday, it sounds like um, uh, it sounds like Sam Hinkie – or not Sam Hinkie, sorry to me uh, – Sam Presti and Billy Donovan were very clear with him saying, hey, you're going to be our sixth man. You're going to come off the bench. And he seems to be okay with it, which is kind of shocking to me. 
I, exa- I know exactly why. Because he was like, hold on. Am I getting the $28.9 million check sent to me before we start practice? Because I don't give a shit after that. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking That's about exactly- Dennis. I'm talking about oh, Dennis Schroeder. I'm sorry, I'm Schroeder. I'm sorry. Schreuder. I was still thinking of Carmelo. Because I'm wondering, like, because Schroeder. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just that that Carmelo comment is funny. I thought for a second that you were talking about Schroeder because, like, all the yeah, other backup same. point guards yeah. in OKC have gotten paid, like Reggie Jackson and uh, Bobby Schmurda. <laughs> but yeah, uh, who was the other one that was a backup it, point guard? He's not a backup point guard, but I mean, Victor Oladipo ends up getting paid. Sure, yeah, like these guys get paid, um, although they paid him, but nonetheless, like. I was I, I don't know about you guys, but I was shocked that Dennis Schroeder was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to be the sixth man on this this team, which I, for what it's worth, and Nikki, you and I talked about this yesterday, I really like a second unit in OKC of Nerlens Noel and Dennis Schroeder. Oh, yeah, that seems like fun. Projects. I'm actually really excited for that pick and roll game. Is Dennis Schroeder a resurrection? Pro- he averaged like 19 and 7 last season. Sure, okay. I'm talking. But about I know what you mean, like a, like a rehab, like yeah, of his image and exactly. that kind of thing. Sure, I get that. Yeah. There ain't no strip clubs in OKC. He can't get in trouble. I, no, no good ones, at least. I also don't think he can. Like, I don't I, – I think he's fine with the move to the bench and being the sixth man, too, because it's such a – it's like a, hey, like, we're doing this and we're actively trying to right, win. Exactly. Like, in Atlanta, like, you're not – they're not actively trying to win. They're actively trying to – they are – they are. They might be the worst team in the league. They are 100% yeah, for sure. Their I, entire roster is pretty much built with, like, 19- and 20-year-olds from the last two drafts. Like, that's pretty much their entire roster. They still got that kid from last year. I mean, look, John Collins is great. John Collins, John Collins is great. I kept wanting to say John Scott, but that that, that was is not John Scott. <laughs> let's see, let's see what Trey Young becomes. They've got a bunch of other kids they picked up in this year's draft, but it's a young team. It's a young, inexperienced team, um, and they're going to be going through some major growing pains. They got Jeremy Lin now. They're good to go. Oh, that's right. I forgot they traded for Jeremy Lin. It's a for lot old, of weird trades. For old man Lin, I think he's like what twenty eight. Yeah, he's <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He might be like twenty nine, maybe even thirty. Um, I have to look it up. I, I like. I like Jeremy. I always love Jeremy Lin. Big fan of his. Um, he has a, he has, his his game is better than most people give him credit. No for. question. No. I question. think people underrate him sometimes, strictly because of the Lin sanity thing. Yeah. Where like he hasn't been that guy, but like, right. I, I mean, what a fun time that yeah. was. I was just thinking about that. Him. What a f- Carmelo forced him out. Yeah, they should have brought him. And back. now he forced him out of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, Jeremy Lin is twenty nine. So. Thank you. I think he's their oldest player. He probably is, like by a, by a wide margin. Um, the next topic that I wanted to bring up here is two moves that happened here in Chicago that one not so much flabbergasted me, the other flabbergasted me to no end. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is Zach Levine, obviously signing four-year contract, $78 million. Um, he got that offer from Sacramento. The Bulls were forced to match it, and they did so within, oh, I don't know, two hours. Um, initial reactions when you saw the money that the Bulls brought back Zach Levine on. I mean, I felt like they had to, or else they admit defeat in their trade. It was, with it was a rock and a hard place situation. Yeah, it really was. I wanted to pay him something between thirteen and sixteen. I was comfortable in that range, thirteen to sixteen mil a year. Four years is fine. I'm good with that. You know, getting up to like nineteen point five is on the hot, way higher than I wanted to pay him, or that I think he even deserved. Um, Sacramento fucked us, man. They had cap room that they could throw around, uh, and they kind of fucked us. But, yeah, to your point, Nikki, like, they kind of had to because you make this trade and you get rid of Jimmy Butler last year. And at the time, now, if you look at it in retrospect, like, after the fact, Zach Levine's not the get in that trade. Laurie Markkinen is. But at the yeah. time, 
Zach Levine was the get right. in the trade. So you kind of have to retain him because it's hard to go back to your fans and say, oh, remember that guy that we made a big deal about and said, hey, this is going to be – this is the player that we're getting in return that's going to make this trade worth it, and then you let him go one year later. Um, oh, bad look. Or you let him go halfway through the season a la Serge Ibaka <laughs> for victory. God, that still pisses me off. Yeah. So Zach Levine comes back on a four-year So, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Actually, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you because – we traded him halfway through that season. We traded Serge Ibaka halfway through the season where we gave up our best player for him. Where we chose Evan Fournier over fucking Victor Oladipo. Evan right, Fournier can fuck right off back to France. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I get it. Because, like, I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm pissed now. Like, I'm thinking about it, and it's making me mad. And, like, yeah, hell yeah, if I was a Chicago fan, I realized I'd be – a lot of people are pissed that they paid him that much money. And I'll be honest. You said, what was your initial reaction? I was about to say, yikes. But after that nice little explanation, Nikki, I'm glad you talked first. Because <laughs> that – yeah, uh, you're right. You have to bring him back. And he's young, right? So at the end of that contract, he's 27. That's a very it's – a, it's not an untradeable contract. It's on the higher end of, like, what's – tradable but if he's like in year 26 and he's putting up 18 to 20 points a game but you need to make some moves to like really bring in a star that's a contract that can be traded and a player that hopefully hopefully can be traded you know it's going to be interesting to see how a full season after the acl repair is uh how he can do and how he messes with the team they only played 12 like the core of dunn levine i'm part of yeah dunn levine and marketing only played 12 games together last season. So it'll be interesting to see what a full sample size is. Um, but on the topic of ACLs, uh, a nice. couple of days later, the, uh, the Bulls decide to bring back hometown kid, hometown hero, Jabari Parker, after two ACL tears, um, where there was no foreseeable market. They gave him $20 million for two years. They bid years. against themselves. They basically what, one year. Uh, well, one guaranteed year, team option in year two. Nonetheless, he's on a twenty-year contract, twenty million dollar contract, which is more than Zach Levine is getting paid, which is crazy because he averaged twelve points a game last year. Um, and I just have to ask, uh, reaction to to the Jabari signing? I'm very excited for the Bulls to play games up to two hundred. <laughs> that's going to be a blast. It's the only thing they're going to they're going to aim for. It. It's just like let's just. Out- I mean, Jabari said it during his press conference. He's like, look. This is not a defense first league anymore. This is a scoring first league. And we're we're going to focus on scoring. Like we are going to put the ball in the basket. And he's not he's not wrong, but that defensive front of Zach and also they're playing Jabari at the three and he's not a natural three. He is a four and everybody knows it. He, he should know it. I feel like if he can cut like ten, maybe twenty he, pounds. So he did though. lose some weight. I think he went from like two sixty five to like two thirty five. He's fifty right now. Did he? Okay, so he's definitely lost some weight, which is he might, whatever. He might have lost more. I don't know. But here's the thing. Moving laterally without two ACLs or with two repaired ACLs on both knees, very difficult. So you have two guys in your on your perimeter, your wing players, who both have repaired ACLs and who are already, prior to the ACL tears, terrible defenders. It's going to be like a fucking saloon door of people just getting to the basket. It's not even funny. Yeah. Your, your, your front court. Wendell Carter better be at the rim all day long. Uh, also, that thing's Laurie Markin is not a defender either. So that's what I'm saying. You got nobody. Chris Dunn. We got Chris Wendell, Dunn, baby. Wendell Carter looks like a really good defender. Yeah, he he seems like he's. I mean, he Wait, did very well in summer league. league. Yeah, oh, like I've been impressed. Well, it's, but it's, it's summer, it's league, summer league, league. But like, <laughs> you know, like Adam Morrison like averaged like 40 points a game in summer league. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, Nate Robinson Jab- had a fucking jersey retired. So. Jabari. <laughs> Jabari. I'm sorry, wait, is that is that real? Oh yeah. Nate Robinson's got his jersey retired at Vegas Summer League. 
Only person uh, in that. There's, there's only one retired jersey. It's Nate Robinson. It's almost as dumb as wow. the Heat retiring Michael Jordan. Right. The, like, I'm not going to – I can't do that. I had a point, and I don't even know what it was. Oh, yeah. Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker is the prime example of problem tweener forward in that, like, he's not a good enough ball handler right. and, uh, like, create his own shot player to right. play the three. Right. Uh, he's also not uh, physical enough and big enough to, to defend – like a tr- like not a traditional four, but like he's just he's not really he's not really a four either. He's like he's in between. He's a fucking tweener. Right. I hate tweeners. I've been on the record saying that repeatedly. Uh, and so I like him a lot. I loved him at Duke, and I think he says the right things, and I think he works hard, and I think he wants to be a good player. But I just don't understand why you sign a guy like that for twenty million when he doesn't really fit in your team, and you could have gotten him for maybe twelve. Right, and that's the thing is like there was no market. Like the Bucks didn't even really want to bring him back because he was demanding way more than they were even willing to give him. I think twelve would have been honestly. I think five would have been reasonable for that guy. Like coming off of two ACL tears, basically playing nothing and looking just okay in the playoffs. Nobody was going for him. I to your point, I genuinely like Jabari Parker. I really wish the best for him. I hope that his he can turn his career around, and it would be cool to see him turn his career around here. But. Now you're taking minutes away from Laurie Markkinen to some extent. You're taking touches away from Laurie Markkinen. You're taking touches away from from Chris Dunn to improve his offensive game. You're taking touches away from Wendell Carter to grow into the player that we all think and know he's he, well, we all think he's going to be able to be. You know, Jabari's a ball stopper, and it's not a bad thing on the right in the right situation on the right, right team. But you have two guys now in Zach Levine and Jabari Parker who are both ball stoppers and who both make bad basketball decisions when the ball's in their hands. So it, it's going to really just like it's going to hamper the growth of the team. But once again, the Bulls just can't – they can't execute on, an, on a full rebuild properly because fucking the Ryan Zorks are too fucking impatient. And they want to go out and they want to do whatever they can to get the playoff revenue. And he can't have two bad teams at the same time. Like, you can't have the White Sox and the Bulls suck at the same time because there's no playoff revenue coming in. So, of course, the Ryan Zorks are like, all right, well, we're going to make a move. If it gets us the AC, let's fucking go for it because we need that playoff revenue. And that's the shit that they keep doing and keeps fucking with the development and the growth of this team. Yeah, you're not wrong. There's also the fact that, though, there's one thing, though. You say, like, oh, we could have given the guy $5 million. When you're in this position that the Bulls are in where, like, like who's the last marquee free agent the Bulls attracted? Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol. Like, yeah, that's the best, yeah. the best free agent that we've ever gotten. Like, in his, I think – history of the Bulls. I, I, and there was that one time that we had the Photoshop of Carmelo Anthony when he went to the Knicks. And I guess Carlos Boozer to some extent. Like, that was the season – Carlos Boozer gets a bad rap from Bulls fans. He I does. mean, I'm going to go on record and say that. I'm not going to get into that. But there was I, no way he was going to play up to that contract. That, no. that was a big-ass contract. And he him. was good in Utah. He was a legitimate 20 and 10 guy in Oh, he Utah. was great. He was great. And he got like 19 and 10 here, but he's just, his defense made everybody angry. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Uh, but I loved it when he punched that ref in the nuts. <laughs> Uh, I, I do recall that. Let's go. I Let's think go! you. Bam. I think. I think you have to, to some degree, though. A guy like Jabari, you have to overpay a little bit to show other free agents. Look, we are willing to give you money to come here. Look at what we gave to this guy who has no knees. Which is fair. Speaking of <laughs> hypothetical, would you rather have no elbows or no knees? No elbows. You, yeah. you keep in mind you can't bend your arms, so everything you do 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm. I you guys can't see me because I'm in a different room, but I'm currently just having. I locked my elbows and I locked one knee, and I don't like the locked knee as much. <laughs> as I'm okay with the locked elbows. I also locked my elbow out and tried to see if I could bend back far enough to still grab my penis, so I'd still be able to masturbate. So, no elbows. Yeah, easy, it's, it's, easy. Up, it's and then it's all in the shoulder hinge muscle, which which feels better. I'd rather me. have no knees. I wanted to say that, but I saw that hypothetical the other day. And it, <laughs> Not, no elbows. You can take my elbows. Don't take my knees. Um, and it's not like no elbows are going to affect my shot anyways. So right. And also, no like, elbows, if I, like, what if, like, I use a squatty potty. If I don't have knees, it's over, man. My poops are going to be ruined. No, you stick your legs straight out. No. That's the one thing, though. You'd have to have a stool or, like, a little foot thing for everywhere you sit. Otherwise, you're going to have the most shredded, defined abs <laughs> in the history of forever because you're sitting with your feet straight out because you can't bend your knees when you sit down. I'll sacrifice it for the for the aesthetics of my my killer abs um so we talked about summer league briefly now that summer league's wrapped up um takeaways from the guys in summer league that you were impressed by fuck the new york knicks fans kevin knox for real mo baba no problems yo i was not no lie there was a couple games where i watched jonathan isaac and mo bamba on the defensive end and there was one play in particular where they both jumped and blocked a shot at the same time and it's like it made me think like they should have just let Aaron Gordon walk and just let these guys kind of be the front court of the future. That Aaron Gordon contract though is so team friendly. It's front loaded as fuck. And so when these other guys are coming into their own, we can unload him if we need to. Um, They all get along really well. They all work out together. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Mo Bamba says the right things. He's, I see videos of him working out and doing things all the time. Uh, I am a fan. My draft night reaction has uh, completely (laughs) reversed itself. Um, I I told you guys I was happy with him. See, you did. I will admit you said that. I also, you know what? Uh, I was sad uh, to some degree that we lost out on Trey Young. And I think it was, it was more so like I had resigned myself to that pick and like had like tried to hype myself up into the like, fuck, we're drafting Trey Young pick. He's been terrible. He's been bad. Like the, the summer league is made for small guys who can just light it up. He should have destroyed summer league and he looked like trash. Like he had like two good games, but he had many bad games. And it's yeah. just like, maybe there's jitters. There's things, there's all sorts of things that factor into it. And like summer league is weird because like you can look at summer league and be like, like, you know, who else, who else sucked at summer league last year? Laurie Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen was terrible during summer league last year. Yeah. And, and Euro league happened. Yeah. And crushed his, his rookie season. And there's been plenty of guys who destroy summer league. Josh Selby, Wayne Selden. Apparently Adam Morrison. Uh, Adam Morrison. Right. And then those guys end up being next to nothings uh, in the league. So, you know, it is what it is. Like, I try not to react, overreact. However, I completely agree with Nikki. Kevin Knox looks like a steal at number nine for the Knicks. Like, he he is a really, really good ball-handling, like, power forward small forward combo tweener. type he's a tweener and i like i like him though he's he's athletic he's a really good ball handler and distributor and he looked really really good in in summer league for sure you could tell he played out of position in college Definitely. you could tell like the the difference in his game and the confidence in his game was like it's it's completely different yeah and then we talked about Wendell carter a little bit obviously i was super impressed with Wendell carter i mean he he put up he didn't put up any gaudy numbers he had one like 24 point game but otherwise like he looked substantially better than anybody else on the defensive end. Like he, it was just a regular block yeah, Carter. for him. If, if the way he played in summer league keeps up, I'm going to petition that his nickname gets changed to a uh, block Panther. <laughs> um, 
Because for some reason on on like the on the NBA Reddit and on uh, the Chicago Bulls Reddit, they keep calling him Oatmeal Carter. And I I found out I, I guess I, Garpax, one of them, said that he's a great lengthy guy and he's thick and he's what we need at center position. So they're like he's thick like steel cut oatmeal. I'm fine with it. Block Panther is way better. Block Panther is great. Here's the other thing I like about him: to have the the know the like the know it. Like the know-all and and the wherewithal to not only block a shot because like a lot of like really athletic guys love to block shots and fucking launch them into the stands, but Wendell Carter has the wherewithal to block a shot, keep it in in on the actual court, so he can then start the fast break. Like for a 19-year-old kid to have that level of intellect to know, like, yo, I'm not here to just destroy shots. I'm here to create opportunities on the other side of the ball. It's just it's really really promising for a kid that young, and it once again just like shows that he's another guy who in college was kind of marginalized because, you know, he's playing alongside Marvin Bagley, who was another guy who had a, he had an okay, uh, an okay summer league. He got injured, so he didn't end up playing that long. But um, any other guys from, from, uh, from summer league that you were uh, particularly impressed with or, or the opposite, or just like really disappointed? In? I, Josh Hart was amazing. Incredible uh, it, dude. He's got to start amazing, the this year. It's amazing what one year of actual NBA will do to a guy when he has to go back to playing college people. Right. And that motherfucker, uh, like, he's a winner. Like, he won at Villanova. He's a winner. Yeah. He's a really, really good player. And uh, I think LeBron's going to be happy to play with him at the two this year um, mm-hmm. in, in L.A. He, he looked really, really promising. He's a really good three-point shooter in college. And, like, he's basically – he shot, like, 37% from the field last year or from three last year. Like, he's a good three-point shooter. For a rookie, those are good numbers. I'm always hesitant on a guy like that, though, in their second year in summer league because I watched it with Aaron Gordon. I've seen it with a lot of other players. Uh, I think he's good, I think, yeah. and I think he'll be a fine NBA player. I just don't know how good he's going to be, um, and I don't know how much I'm willing to be. Summer league is such a weird fucking thing. It is. Like, because it's like these guys that, like, it's all these guys that, like, could be in the NBA and some guys that have been in the NBA and some guys who are, like, like, I remember one year of fucking Rajul Butler, who, RIP, by the way, uh, I forgot about that, uh, yeah. was was in the summer league. And he was, like, a 14-year veteran at the time. And it's, like, you just don't know. Like, fucking Byron Mullins played in summer league this year. Byron Mullins is ta 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 Byron Mullins played this year. Dante Davis played this year. He's, like, a four-year player. All right, a couple more things before we wrap up today. The LeBron James mural went up, got vandalized. They repainted it. It got vandalized again. Now, it turns out they just painted a new, a brand, brand new mural today. Um, yeah. Thus far, knock on wood, it's still, it's still intact. But well, what is wrong have with you seen Lakers, it? Man? Yeah, I saw it. It's like him looking up to the rest of the Lakers. Grade. Yeah, that's, I think, I think it's fine now because it's just him looking up but to them. Instead of like, being... we, would, we would never do that here in Chicago. We would never do that if they painted a mural Kobe when he, if he would have come here. L.A. is a trash city. And I can't wait to move there. Trash people. <laughs> Nikki, if you move there, the trash population will decrease slightly Thanks, buddy. because you'll live there. Uh, no, when I move there, I'm, I'm flipping forms. I'm going full Hollywood Nikki. I'm going to actually quadruple the trashness of that place. Uh, a bigger heel turn. When Nikki moves to L.A. or when Hulk Hogan joined NWL Black and White. And <laughs> 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 TBD on that. That's um, so yeah. weird. Chad, yesterday, Matt made a freaking comment about Hollywood Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood, uh, so, Hollywood Nikki Keeles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, I'm ready to go. I've got the freaking 
I'm waiting till I move to LA, but I've got the bandana in my cart on Amazon. The second we move in, I'm clicking it and it's going to, it's going to arrive as I'm moving and on moving day, I'm going to put it on and be ready to go. All right. Uh, a couple more things uh, and then we'll wrap up. Um, Isaiah Thomas signs uh, the veterans minimum contract with the nuggets. He was an MVP candidate two years ago. It's crazy, man. Like last season was a real downer for him and just a real letdown. Um, but I guess, I kind of like his fit in in Denver, kind of being the off the bench, high volume scorer, and his not his best season, obviously, but when he really got his career started, and the first person who really gave him a chance was Mike Malone, who is the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. So I, I do like him going to play for another coach that he does like and trust, uh, versus you know kind of playing for these other guys who he doesn't really know. Um, I genuinely hope that for his sake, this year revitalizes his career because I really. I did like Isaiah Thomas. He did get a little petty this year and a little too talky for my likings um, for a guy who just like wasn't producing. Um, but I'm genuinely hoping that like this off season, he's able to get healthy um, and come into next season and, and really be an impact player. Cause he could really like the West is really tough, especially now with like DeMar DeRozan joining the Spurs and LeBron going to LA. Like the West is really fucking tough, um, but he could be like that extra spark plug um, that could actually help lift Denver into that eight spot. I like that. that. I was say I like it because like him and then like the best part is you got freaking uh Jokic there and he's such a good passer. Yeah. Literally he can just dump it off, get like four picks, get the ball somewhere else, shoot yeah. a three. I like I like got, that idea. Yeah. You got Murray over there as well ready to shoot. Like I like that they're kind of doing sort of like a although Jokic himself can also shoot. They're kind of doing like a Dwight Howard in Orlando where it was like just surround him with shooters, let give him the ball and let him pass it out of the post. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch, especially like like you said, Nikki. Like he can play really well off of Nikola Jokic in like a, a like a kind of a pick and pop, uh, you know, pick and roll type of offense. Um, and Jokic is just such – he's just a, a really, really, really good pa- passer. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see there. Um had any takes on, on Isaiah Thomas to Denver? Uh, yeah, I have, I had a weird, um, like I loved, I hated Isaiah Thomas. Then I loved him and openly said that he was better than Kyrie Irving at one point, which I still maintain at one point in their careers. He was better. Yeah, that didn't age well. <laughs> uh, at one point though, at the time that I made those claims, I think it, I, I was standby. Mm, I think he was more of a system player, but go on. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I and then like I got really high on him in Boston, and then I, I was like down on him again last season. Like I, I don't, I don't know. Like I think he's an okay player. I think he's a fine player. I think he's one of those guys who goes down in history and like average eighteen points a game. And you're, you know, every so often like you're having a t- basketball conversation like ten years from now, and you're like, oh fuck, remember Isaiah Thomas? Like, dude, that's a name I haven't thought about in years. Yeah. Um, He's fine. I think it's a good fit. I think you're right with the Mike Malone fit. Uh, the Nuggets are my number one league pass team this year. Interesting. They are – I think they're good. Like, they're, they're – you know what, though? To be fair, uh, on Reddit, I accidentally subscribed to their subreddit by mistake. And then I would just read all their posts. And now I'm like, yeah, I kind of like the Nuggets. Like, it's a cool team. <laughs> like, uh, so – um, you, do, but, you do need another team, but I, you need a Western Conference. Team. Oh, that's a, dude, I've already had one for years. The Portland Trailblazers. I love them. That's why I love CJ McCollum and and uh, and Dame Lillard right. and Nurkic, who like 
they vastly underpaid just showing you what the center market is. I, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and speaking of the center market, so there's only one cause market smart sign this week, four year contract, 50 mil, I think 50, 52 mil. Oh, pardon me. Thank you for the clarity. Mm. There's only one major free agent that's still left on the market and that's Clint Capella. And, uh, I hate to say it, like he's been saying no to anything that's not four years, 100 million um, from the Rockets, but he's gonna have to settle because there's like there's pretty much no money left. Yeah, there ain't nothing left. Um, he got fucked that like Dallas went after DeAndre Jordan because that would have been a perfect fit for him just based on like timing and and skill set. Um, I I feel bad to say this, but like he's probably gonna end up in Houston for a deal that he doesn't want or end up somewhere for a deal that he doesn't want and also a place he doesn't want to play. Um, just a, it, yeah, the, the, it, it's, it's going to be a really weird market for Clint Capella. Any, any, uh, um, any projections on, on where you guys think he ends up? Like, does he go back to Houston or does he take, or are we going to play the field on this one? I think he goes back to Houston. I think he tries to do like what Nerlens did last year where it's like one year and betting right. on myself. Yeah. Uh, is, but the which, only difference yeah. is he'll, Clearly, I, well, not, yeah, he'll do better than Nolan. It's it's a hit, it's hit or miss to be like, I'm going to take a chance on myself. That contract is it's it's worked out for some people, and for some people, it's it's been a terrible, terrible mistake. Well, yeah. one in particular, four years, seventy million to one year four or something like that. I wonder how much Capella can even get on the open market. Like, what do you give him? Like fifteen mil, maybe thirteen mil. Yeah. And also, who who ends up grabbing him? My problem is, is I don't. He, he's one of those guys who people routinely overpay for. And I'll be honest with you, this NBA free agency this year has made me so happy to see teams not overpaying players. Like he is a guy that two years ago would have gotten twenty mil a year, and he's not a he's he's not a major difference maker on your team. He's a he's a solid, impactful player. Yeah. But he's not somebody you can build around. He can't be your first option on the offense. He just like he's a thirteen, fifteen million dollar a year guy. I I, 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 I guess, and I don't even know. Like I, I'm more on the low end. Like I'm sure some desperate team like could give him fifteen million. But like, if you're the Rockets, I think you give him, you offer him a contract. In all honesty, probably similar, similar to what you what the Bulls gave Zach Levine ultimately, and like. That's a shitty contract, I think. But you're at this point, like you kind of got to do everything you can to shore up that roster because, like, dude, Luka Bamuti and and uh, Trevor Reza, those are big losses. Yeah. And so, like, if you got to bring this guy back, but he wants like a hundred million. And uh, sorry, young fella, you're not worth a hundred million. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any any other takes on that before we wrap up? Um, no, I I think actually he he is like the ultimate system player. Because one hundred percent, you can't ask him to all of a sudden start doing things that like Jokic would do. You can't ask him to do things that Nurkic would do. Like, I mean, he outplayed Nurkic. I'm sorry, oh. no, he didn't. No, that. But well, he still does outplay him. But, yeah. You know, like, uh, he he sets a pick. He runs to the basket. He dunks the ball. He gets rebounds every once in a while. He gets blocks every once in a while. And the guy who's the most famous for doing those three exact things, DeAndre Jordan, didn't get paid all that much either. Right? Uh, he got twenty four mil, so he got paid. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think that was I think well. that was more so an agreement of like, hey, look, we'll give you like if you opt out of that contract and we sign you now instead of you making us trade for you, we'll give you what you were supposed to get paid this exactly. year, and then we'll talk a real contract next year. Exactly. I, I like that. That seems smart. But yeah, it, it was. I don't know. It, it seems he. 
I, I agree with Tad where I think it's like everyone's been was overpaid for so long. Now it's weird to all these guys that are like they're like, no, I'm worth more. And it's like actually no, it's just we've been doing everything incorrectly for the last two years and now we're wising up. Yeah. The market is correcting itself. There's no fucking Billy Kings of the world anymore giving fucking albatross contracts to people that don't deserve them. No fucking Otis Smiths giving four years, 25 million to Jason Richardson, who nobody else wanted. Sorry, I'm done. Well, on that note, uh, guys, anything you want to plug before we wrap up today? Mm, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nikki Palooza. Damn. Follow me on Twitter at tadhall underscore. Um, yeah, that's it. There it is. Follow me uh, at j underscore Kilas on uh, Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow NBA at NBA Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, make sure you do leave a rating and review for the podcast. We really appreciate it. Five stars if you feel so inclined to do so. Um, for Nikki, for Tad, for Jay, this has been NBA. We're out. Bye.